0: Hello, and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this here posted at OUradio.org. Or on my website, ericlevy.com, under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I am pleased to bring to you Chapter 16 of the Book of Eov, Perek Tetz Zayin. Vayan Eov Vayomar. Eov responds and says, and what he essentially says is, Boy, have I heard more than enough advice from you three. And the truth is, one of the problems of the friends is that their job is to comfort Eov, not to criticize him. And Eov is really quite, uh, up to here with it. Shamati, rabot, menachame, amal, kulachem. Words like these, I've heard them plenty. Or, from context, he may actually be saying to them, I've heard enough of this you are all comforters of toil or comforters of trouble meaning that your comfort brings trouble and sorrow rather than relieving it as you're supposed to do le ruach o is there no end to windy words else what motivates you that you keep on responding gam anohi kachem adabera It's a very pretty verse, and it's a very long verse. It's very rare to have a verse this long in this book. And that's because Eov essentially surprises us mid-sentence. He's been complaining about the... Uh, inappropriateness of his friend's words and being so nasty to him. So here he begins the sentence by saying, I can also speak as you are speaking. If only you were in my place... But then he turns it around. Instead of saying that he would criticize and demonize them like they've been doing to him, Eov said he would never do such a thing. Instead, he says, I would join words together for you and I would shake my head for your sake. And these are positive things, not negative things. Achbira may come from the word lechaber to join together, but it could also mean to adorn. It might even come from the word a charm or a spell, which is a chaver chever, which is to make a charm or a spell. But in any case, what Eov is saying is that he would use words to comfort them he would choose his words and weave his words in such a way that it would make them feel better not worse and that's the surprise of the verse which means i would never behave the way you are behaving i would give you strength with my mouth that is the words of my mouth and the movement of my lips would take away yachsoch. and presumably what he means is take away your sorrow not add to it that's how you make a call to a person who is in mourning, not making them feel better, by att- but attempting to make them feel, uh, not by, by making them feel worse, but by attempting to make them feel better. And now in verse 6, Eob responds to the question that his friends were always asking him, which is why he's talking so much. And according to his friends, his very conversation, his very speech against them and against God is a sin, and it incriminates him in his talking. That's what Eliphaz said most clearly in the last chapter. And also note that he's comparing his own speech with the speech that he would have done had his friends been in trouble for that speech he said my words would have been yachsoh note the word yachsoh they would have taken away the pain but my pain a very difficult verse but i think it means this if i talk my own pain will not be removed. That is, had I been talking to you and you were in terrible straits, I would have been yachsoch. But even if I tried talking to myself, no matter what I say, loye chasech, my words will not be removed from pain. But you know what? If I remain silent, what do you think that it would leave me? What I think that means is, do you really think my, its silence will improve my lot? So what he's saying is, I'm damned if I do and I damned if I don't. If I suffer, I'm going to suffer, whether I talk and i 'm going to suffer if i don't talk, so I might as well talk and say what i feel and In the following verses, Eov explains exactly the source of the pain which is cl- going to co- going to be as, you know just as horrible whether he speaks or not. <laughs> HaShimota Kol Adati Even now, the word atai here is with an ayin, so it means now, not you. Even now it wearies me, or perhaps he wearies me. If I translated it, it means the pain that is sent my way wearies me. But he might mean he, God, wearies me. And then after speaking about what God is doing to him in third person, he turns directly to God and says HaShimota Kol Adati You, that is directly speaking to God, have caused desolation on my Ada, my friends, my family, my group, your destruction or perhaps your bondage of me, has become a witness. That is, the fact that I am in such terrible straits, that I am bound or destroyed, is testimony against me. Essentially, it's what you say. It's it's a physical witness to what's happening to me. And then, getting back to the Pesach, my undermining, or perhaps my underminer, has arose against me to testify before me. Which, of course, means against me, like an accuser who faces his defendant and accuses him of crimes. In this verse, Eov, by the way, has switched from direct speech in the first part of the verse, back to indirect speech in the second part of the verse, possibly because the words that he's tossing God's way are so harsh that it's as if you can't look God in the eye. You can't you know, so to speak, he can't uh, uh, speak this harshly to God directly. His anger tears and he despises me. He gnashes his teeth at me. My enemy blazes his eyes at me. And with all this suffering and, and even hatred, he's accusing God to a certain degree of, of hatred of him, Um, that he feels, he really feels, is coming from God. His friends and what his friends are doing to him simply add to his overall problem rather than helping him out. They open their mouths against me. The word par means to open in the sense of swallowing something whole, to devour. In shame, that is as a sign of shame, they strike me on my cheeks. They surround me altogether, which means they're attacking me from every side. And now, after that one sharp comment about his friend's failure to help him out, because God is really coming at him, he returns back to his complaint against God. God hands me over to the unjust, and through the hands, or perhaps into the hands, of the wicked he, God, leads me astray. Now the Avil here and the Rishayim, mm, I mean, if we want to keep within the context of him also complaining about his friends, he's saying that God is uh, handing him over to the mercy of his friends who are wicked and evil. Or maybe he's just referring to, in general, the people who have attacked his family and the, uh, and the troubles that uh, have been caused him. And, and, and don't forget there's always the Satan hanging in the background. For instance, that word, the last word in this sentence was Rashaim uh, Yirtani, which I translated as lead me astray, God leads me astray. It's a very difficult word, Yirtani, but it is parallel to the word Yazgireni in the same verse, which means to hand me over. So I decided to go with Ibn Ezra, who compares it to the word Yarat in the bilam story. Do you remember the famous bilam story who went to curse the Jewish people but couldn't do it? And the talking donkey and how the angel of death came or the angel came out to kill him um, so in that story, which is in chapter 22 of Bimidbar even Ezra points out that there's a similarity with the two words, although he does admit that the roots are different. Over there, it's Yud, Resh, Tet. And here it seems to be, Oh, well, it's a difficult form, but it seems to be Resh, Tet, Yud, or perhaps Resh, tet tet. However, nonetheless, Eov does connect those two ideas, and there's a reason for that connection, because in that story, there is an angel that acts as God's wrath against Bilam and his actions, and in fact, the angel says he would have killed Bilam if it wasn't for the donkey that sort of tried to get around the angel. Now, over there, the angel is not called the Satan by name, but it is called, but that word is used to describe the angel's job description. The angel says to Bilam, Hine ne'anochi atzati l'satan... Behold, I have gone out to be an adversary, a satan, because the road has twisted towards me. Which means, based on the path that you've taken, you've sort of walked right into my my arms. Uh, In Eov, the word satan is no longer a job description. It's actually a title of this angel that brings that checks out whether people are sinning and brings death and destruction on them if they do. So it seems likely that our author, if he's borrowing the Satan from the Bilom story, and we have this verb, Yarat, or Yerteni, he may also be borrowing that word as well to mean that you have led my road down a path that, uh, you know, was bad. Shalev hayiti vaifar pireini, v'achaz orpi, vaifatz p'tseini, vaikimeini lo lematara. I was at ease. And then he crumbled me. Then he grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and broke me. Then he stood me up to be his target. There are a few notes here that I'd like to point out in this interesting verse. First, note the use of the double verbs or the double uh, uh, consonantal forms. We have par, par. Which, it does not mean a butterfly, as it does modern Hebrew, but it means, from, in here, it means the word pirurim, crumbs, or to crumble me. We also have the word pats pates, which is similar to the modern Hebrew word liftzot, so to explode. Uh, and I'd like you to, you know, keep your eyes open in the next few verses to very, to similar doublings of the consonants uh, as we read on. That's just a kind of a, a side point to which I'll return. Secondly, a second interesting thing to note is that EoF says that he was at ease before the troubles came, which is a little bit weird because in chapter three he says, lo shalavti, velo velo I was not at ease. I could not relax. Um, so how you know what is it? Was he at, at Did he feel relaxed until God decided to lay it on, like he's saying here, or was he never able to relax because he was always afraid of what God might do to him? So maybe in chapter after 3, it meant that once the bad thing started happening, that he couldn't relax and hope it would get better. And here we're talking about an earlier time when life was perfectly good and he had no concerns at all. But otherwise, it's a little bit hard to, uh, you know, coordinate those two slightly different uh, points of view, even though they're coming from the same person, from Eov. The third point I'd like to make about this verse is that the he of this pasuk, which means he crumbled me and he grabbed me and he stood me up to his target, may not actually be God. It may be the enemy who, if you remember in the previous verse, uh, God delivered. Delivered Eov into the hands of the enemy. So maybe here it means the enemy did this to me, the enemy did that to me, and maybe that's a way of Eov avoiding direct confrontation by God by saying, listen, God gave me over to the enemy, but the enemy did all of this terrible stuff. His archers surrounded me, he pierced my kidneys. Mercilessly, my bile it spills to the ground. Yifritsani, peretz, alpne, peretz. Yarutz alai kigibori cracks me open, crack upon crack. Notice the word parrots, 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 the repetition of those sounds. He charges at me like a warrior. And, and it's hard to say, of course, that this is an enemy. It seems to be talking about God again. But we've seen that where he wants to accuse God of terrible things. He doesn't speak directly at him, but his anger leads him to accuse God directly. And then he sort of backs off and says, oh no, you know, I'm, he did this to me. So he sort of kind of, uh, um, oscillates back and forth between looking at God and accusing him to in speaking about what God does in third person. Now in verse fifteen, he discusses his status after he was set upon by God and his enemies. That is, after all the troubles that were brought by God, which he just discussed about how his uh, kidneys were pierced by arrows and how he had crack upon crack and attacked upon him, uh, and not to mention his uh, his uh, what his enemies did, and probably also. Uh, what his friends did, and that they slapped his face, so to speak, and caused him shame, so now he says, "Sak tafarti be beafar carne I stitched sackcloth on my skin, and I soiled my horns in the dust. Uh, the word karen carne uh, probably means horns, which of course is metaphoric it 's a symbol meaning the glory and the crown of man when he's doing well. Uh, it could also mean the shine, the lacrine or means the shine that comes off a face. So we would then translate the word, the shine of my face was covered in the dust. But either way, the word sock that he wears in the afar or the afar, the, the dust that he uh, uh, covers himself in, these are all classic symbols of mourning, which is in fact exactly what we saw Eov did in chapter two after suffering so much and he covered himself in ashes and wore sackcloth as people do when they are in mourning. But he goes on, panai chamar meru, my face is darkened, or perhaps Khamar maru means reddened, since in Arabic the word hamar means the color of fresh blood. That's in modern Arabic as well as ancient. Uh, my face is, is blood red from crying, and on my eyelids is darkness. And of course, the word salmavet brings to mind, uh, you know, the oncoming death and not just darkness. Notice again, by the way, the doubling of these letters: afapai, afaf twice, and chamar, maru, chamar, mar. These are all doubled uh, consonants. And maybe all this double consonants, which appears over and over again: and parrots, parrots, parrots. All of this may be an indication of maybe stuttering, to get the sense that Eov is kind of stuttering over his word and sorrow, or uh, maybe the author is just trying to keep our interest by varying the uh, poetic style. And now Eov gets to something that he has hinted at before, and it's the thing that bothers him more than anything else. All of these punishments and all of this suffering, all of his suffering, alo chamas b'chapai utfilati Though there is no injustice in my hands, and my prayers are pure. Now, in previous chapters, Eov asked God, and he asked his friends, to, if he was really a sinner, to show him his sins, if he had any. But here he stresses, says it straight out, I am innocent, there is no injustice in my hands, and therefore, Eretz al-techasidamiv, al-tehi makom leza'akati, Let the earth not cover up my blood, and don't let there be a place for my scream. Uh, that is, don't let my scream or the screams of my blood be contained in some place. Uh, that it, Let it ring out. A- and the reference here to my mind is clear. It seems to be the unjust murder of Hevel in the book of Genesis, in the beginning of Bereshit, by his brother Cain. And after the murder, Ka- God says to Cain, so Listen uh, to the sound of your brother's blood, which screams up to me from the ground. And if this is a reference that Eov is making intentionally, then this is really throwing God's justice back into his face. That he says, any blood that I spill here is innocent blood, and it screams up from the earth, and I challenge you not to cover it up by spilling uh, dirt over it as if it never happened and quieting the the sound uh, uh, of the screaming innocent blood. Um, I think he's saying the spilling of my blood is equivalent to the spilling of Havel's. And to be honest, it's hard to think of a more audacious, uh, you know, uh, just a, a more in-your-face thing to accuse God of. Now, of course, he's speaking abstractly. He doesn't say, you God don't cover up my blood. He speaks abstractly. Let the earth not cover up my blood. But there's no question that it's a rough, rough thing to say. <inaudible> Perhaps maybe to soften the accusation of the last verse that God is is killing him unjustly and and there's a potential that it will all be covered up and he's demanding that it not be covered up. So he says about God in this verse, even now, gamata, I have a witness in heaven. My witness is on high. The word sahadi is Arabic for aid, for witness. Um, and I think to a certain degree this place is a faith in God. That is, for all he's yelling about God and saying that none of this is is fair, he's saying, on the other hand, I believe in God and I know that God knows the truth and I know that God is my witness and he's the best witness. He's the top witness. So now it's just a question of bringing his case to court and whereas before we've only spoken about one court case that Eov wants, the court case against God, if you remember, he was he started this chapter by complaining against his, his friends because instead of comforting him, they criticized him and vilified him. And he's saying that's not what he would have done in their place. In fact that's the wrong thing to do when you're coming to the house of a mourner. So he now turns to his friend and says, for his, his comrades, his, his companions, his 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 visitors, and he says re'ai el Re uh, sorry, Militsi Reloha el Dalfa. The scorn of my companions, the word that would be uh, translating Malitzai from the word lates or scorners, or perhaps it means like Malitza as Yosef used it, which is interpreter, which means I need my friends as interpreters between me and God? Either way, the answer is no, rather El Eloah It is to God that I will drip my eye that my eyes will drip tears. V'yochach legever imelowa uven adam l'reyehu. Let him, that is God, make a court day, court date between man, myself, and him, God, and also between man and his companion. Uven adam l'reyehu. Which I think means between man and my so-called friends, because all they're doing is scorning me, and I will not have a communication or a court case with them. I will turn to God and demand that He bring them to task for the words, for their inappropriate behavior in this circumstance. Because only a few more years will yet come, which means I don't have many more years to live. And I will walk the Orachloashuv I will walk the way from which there is no return, which means I am going down to die. And in the next chapter, uh, Eo continues this, so we'll really have to see where he takes this argument in the next chapter. Um, But the basic idea is that he's making a request for an immediate hearing in court case before God, both against God, that is what God is doing is unjust, as well as against his companions, that they're doing him unjust as well, a disservice as well. And he will further the argument that he has just given, considering his miserable situation, which is, habeas corpus is a must- That is, the court cannot let this lie because I don't have that much time left. The court must take up the case immediately.